Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Join me in prayer. Good and gracious God, open our hearts and minds to your perspective and your hope as we take time to reflect on 2019. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's that time of year when we make resolutions. But honestly, I'm not very good at resolutions. I decide to exercise more, or to eat healthy, or read my Bible every day, or keep a gratitude journal. And I begin on January 1st, and I make it a week or a month. But eventually, I forget, or I get busy, or I just stop doing whatever it is I resolved to do. I end up feeling like a failure and decide I do not have the self-control to change or improve. Where I go wrong is I focus on myself and my strength. Psalm 139 reminds us that God knows our ways and knows our hearts. A healthier approach to the new year might be to join the psalmist and invite God to examine my heart and my thoughts. I could let God direct my path into the new year instead of coming up with all those resolutions. Maybe you too would like a different way to step into the new year. And where might God lead us? The Westminster Shorter Catechism provides insight into where God wants us to end up. Question one. What is the chief end of man? And we respond, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. It doesn't say anything about resolutions, does it? J.S. McKenzie, writing about disciplines or practices that we engage in, states, The enjoyment of God should be the supreme end of spiritual technique. And it is in that enjoyment of God that we feel not only saved in the evangelical sense, but safe. We are conscious of belonging to God and hence are never alone. What if we engaged in a reflection on the past year that kept in mind that which we were created for, the worship and enjoyment of God? We would not focus on what we did right or wrong or what we think we need to change or improve on, but on God's presence in our lives. Paying attention to the presence of God requires a new set of questions and a different starting point. The prophet Jeremiah will help us find that place to start our reflection. 
So our text today is Lamentations 3, 19 through 26. Jeremiah writes, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Book of Lamentations is a collection of poems responding to the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians in 586 BC. The author, presumed to be the prophet Jeremiah, witnessed the fall of his beloved Jerusalem and the exile of the people of Israel to Babylon. Brokenhearted and grief-stricken, Jeremiah recalls the degradation and devastation. In chapter 3, verse 17, he writes of his personal despair. He remembers the bitterness and gall. Eugene Peterson puts it this way, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. However, Jeremiah does not stay in that pit of despair. He remembers He calls to mind. He reminds himself of God's great love. He refuses to let his thoughts stay in that dark place. Because of what he believes about God, he remembers God's loyal love, the Hebrew word chesed. This is a big word. Jeremiah is calling upon everything he knows about the character and the covenant of God. Has said it's an act of love. It's extraordinary kindness above and beyond the call of duty. God's covenant love prompts his redemptive acts of atonement and forgiveness. God's love continues despite our sins. God's loyal love is undeserved. It describes God's selective affection by which he binds himself to his people for their sake. God graciously and sovereignly grants gifts and blessings beyond anything we might hope for. And he grants those blessings contrary to what people deserve. His abounding chesed will never diminish or be exhausted since it is founded on his character and covenant commitment. Michael Card in his book Inexpressible offers this definition for chesed. When the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. Jeremiah finds hope in the truth that God's great love does not consume us. His compassions 
never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Peterson writes, I'm sticking with God. He's all I've got left. Jeremiah invites us to focus on God's love and faithfulness as we remember. Jeremiah is reflecting on a tragic time in the history of the people of Israel. But he chooses to remember God's love. Instead of finding myself in despair because of failed resolutions and unmet expectations for change, I too can look to God's love and faithfulness. Over the years, spiritual disciplines have been developed as tools to help Christians grow. We think of worship, prayer, Bible reading, Bible study as a few ways we use, techniques we use to connect with God and grow deeper in our relationship with him. Ignatius of Loyola developed a tool that can help us grow in our awareness of the presence of God in our lives. Ignatius believed that we encounter God at every moment of our existence. His spiritual exercises are various methods to help us become more and more aware of this ever-present God. What is the examine? It's a way of noticing where God shows up. It is a practice that attends to what we otherwise might overlook. It is a practice that opens our attention to how God's internal movement is present in our external comings and goings. It is deep listening. It's a way to open us to both the difficult and the beautiful in our lives. It's a wonderful tool for discerning the places you feel most alive, most grateful, most present to the fruit of the Spirit, as well as the times and places where you do not. This daily prayer is entered into with an awareness of the love of God. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Jeremiah reminds us of the place we need to begin our reflection we see ourselves and our experiences through the loving and merciful eyes of God. This is not a time to berate or shame ourselves for mistakes. We are seeking awareness of God's presence and God's insight. Too much attention to our own victories and failures can leave us self-absorbed and confirm us in the illusion that we can manage our own lives. The examine is rather a question of asking how I respond to God's loving action in my life. Many of you know that I serve as a hospital chaplain in the Memorial Health System. Most of the work I do is on call, so I get called in the middle of the night to go and help a family in need. This month I did a few shifts in the daytime in the hospital, um, and I hadn't done that in a while, and I was a little rusty. I went into the hospital um, one morning and 
got the list of floors to, that were mine to cover, and I started knocking on doors and asking people if they were interested in a visit with a chaplain. As the day went on, I felt something was amiss, and it wasn't going the way it normally goes. And maybe it was just that I hadn't been in the hospital in a while in that capacity. But I continued to be frustrated. At the end of the day, when I got home, I took time to reflect and think, what was different? Why had I um, felt um, so uncomfortable in this job that I love? And I realized that I'd gone into the hospital thinking, I know how to do this. I've got this covered. I don't need you, God. I can do this on my own. Looking through those eyes of love at that day spent pushing God away, I was able to hear God speak to me and tell me he had a better way for me. He didn't make me leave me feeling guilty or feeling um, terrible about myself, but instead encouraged me to do it differently. A few days later, I was back in the hospital. This time I started differently. I sat in prayer. I took my list of names and looked over it and prayed over it. I went up onto the floor and thought, Lord, I wonder which rooms you want me to go into. And I let God lead and guide that day. And it was a very different day. At the end, I had this sense of fulfillment and enjoyment. I could look back and reflect and see how God had ministered to so many people through me. But it was God that had done the work. The, the, this idea of examine, this exercise of examine, can be so helpful as we look at our lives. And it is a way for God to show us where he is and where he wants to be. So let's look at the steps of the daily examine as it will be the model we will use for our reflection on the past year. So the first step is a transition. We become aware of the, of the love with which God looks upon us. We begin in that place of love. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. We remember God's covenantal love. God's loyal, undeserved love that is at work in our lives. This is where we begin the love of God. Next, we, are, we do this step of gratitude. Today, for what things am I most grateful? We give praise and thanksgiving for the blessed moments. Third, we name our intention we ask God for insight and strength to make this examine a work of grace. Before we look at the events of the day, the good and the bad, the times of awareness of God and the times of disconnect from God, 
we remind ourselves that this is a work of grace. It is examine, not examination. Then we review. With God, I review the day. In what ways have I experienced God's love? We review our recent past to find God and God's blessings in the day. We look for those points of connection, those places where we felt close, deep closeness with God. The next step is contrition. What choices have been inadequate responses to God's love? We look back to find moments in the day when things didn't go so well, when we were hurt by something that happened to us, or when we sinned or made a mistake. Those times maybe that we pushed God away. We ask for forgiveness for our sins and healing for the difficult and painful moments. When God reveals our sins and sinful tendencies to us, we may feel deep sorrow and even tears for what we have done, but we do not feel that God is gloating over us and is making us feel unworthy of his love and friendship. God's revelation of sin and sinful tendencies is enabling. It gives us courage to pick ourselves up and reform our lives. The purpose of reflecting on our sins is conversion of life, not a binge of useless guilt feelings. Done through God's eyes and heart of love, we can honestly confess and repent and receive forgiveness. Ignatius expects that God will reveal our sins and sinful tendencies in such a way that we will be consoled. There can be relief in acknowledging those patterns and habits that distract us from God. The love of Jesus does not condemn us, but forgives us. In my own life, this practice of contrition and reflecting, I'm not very good at this whole practice of examine, but I use different pieces of it. Um, And I often find myself reflecting on the ways that I encounter people. Um, I'm an extrovert, and I tend to be a little exuberant, and I love to help people. And sometimes I jump in trying to help, and I'm not very helpful. Um, I get in the way. I stop someone from doing something they could do themselves. Um, And I often make a mess of things. So as I reflect on some of those encounters, God encourages me to own sort of, to own that piece of me that just wants to help, but that maybe needs to hold back a little to confess that, to repent, and then to seek how God might have me respond differently. So this process of confessing is a hopeful process. It's, it's a way to look at who we are and, and find hopeful ways, helpful ways to change. And in the quiet of doing that, God reveals truth to us about how he would have us live.
The last step is renewal. How will I let God lead me to a brighter tomorrow? Having reflected on this past day, we then turn to the day to come and ask God to show us the potential challenges and opportunities of tomorrow. We ask God for grace for the new day. So now let's look at how we might use this examine and look at an entire year. And I've had the opportunity to kind of mess around with this um, at home. Every year I write a little Christmas letter and I pull out my daytimer, my calendar for the year, and I use that to pick out the highlights that I want to um, put in this letter. And as I pulled out 2019's calendar, there weren't very many highlights. There was a lot of work and a lot of on-call at the hospital. There was a lot of activity, but I didn't do much traveling. I didn't spend as much time with friends and family as I normally do. And as I reflected on that and thought about the year, it occurred to me that it was a little bit out of balance that that was what God was showing me in, in my reflection on 2019. I have some more work to do in this examine of my year, but I've begun that process. You don't have a calendar with you. You're going to have to pull into your memory bank and remember the months of 2019. But I hope you'll join with me in a little bit of a guided reflection using this process of examine. So first, place yourself in God's presence. Rest in the truth that God loves you just as you are. See yourself through God's eyes of love. Give thanks to God for all the many blessings received during the past year. Pass through each month, remembering the blessings that occurred. Now we ask God for insight and strength to make this examine a work of grace. Review each month again and take notice of any feelings or movement in your heart while doing this activity. Where did you truly glorify and enjoy God? What were you doing? How were you drawn away from God? What were you doing that might have distracted you from the presence of God?
Reflect on how God met you in moments of joy and in moments of sadness or struggle. Now let's take some time of confession, remembering that we are in the presence of a gracious and loving God. Holy God, we open our hearts to you this day and offer the truth of our lives. We confess we have missed your goodness and your blessings. We confess we have turned away from you and kept you at a distance. We confess our selfishness and self-indulgence. We confess that at times our lives have not reflected your love. We confess that we allowed ourselves to be swallowed up by worries and fears. We confess we have not acted when you called us to serve. We confess that we have been indifferent in the face of injustice. Now take a moment to ask God for forgiveness for your sins. Ask for healing for any harm you may have done. Place your trust fully in God's mercy. Receive God's forgiveness. And the final step of our yearly examine, we ask ourselves these questions. Where do you sense God leading you forward? What have you learned about yourself? What have you discovered about God? What unhealthy patterns did you notice? Are there joy-stealing patterns that need change? How can you collaborate more with God's loving plan for your life? How is God leading you to glorify Him and enjoy Him in 2020? I hope this exercise has been helpful. Look forward with hope, not with discouragement or guilt. Look with eagerness into 2020, anticipating how you will grow in love, 
for and enjoyment of God, always remembering, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let us pray. Holy God, we look back on 2019 with gratitude for all your blessings. We celebrate those times of deep connection with you, and we receive your forgiveness for our sins. Help us grow in awareness of your loving presence, and help us glorify you with our lives. Amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez Podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.